this is Billy Sands. And when I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 205. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, my man? I'm getting better, Chris. I, I'm recovering. Um, I, I recently contracted a disease, oh. um, a rare one. It, it's called Emma, and she's 25, and she's been, uh, it, it's, it's really, it's making it difficult to sleep at night. Picks or it didn't happen, man. All right, today's show, uh, we're going to talk more about St. Jude. We've got the March Transparency Report up, and you guys have done awesome. We've got just three weeks to go. We'll get into that a little bit there. Also, the preseason schedule has been announced. We'll go into that. We'll talk about what that means for the the eventual uh, job stability for Matt Patricia, or if it means anything at all. Also, we're going to talk about Kelly Stafford's sad news that came out this week. That's uh, that's not a funny thing, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, go into it and what it means. Also, draft madness. We'll bring things back up and happier with that. And, of course, the Riz will join us a little later. we got that and a whole lot more. Really big show today. Case, you ready to go? Yeah, man. Uh, but I, I swiped right, and boy, am I paying for it. Let's kick this off and bring Get down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out. Help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. Yeah, he, he merited his own shirt, just so you know. So good stuff from Guam. Also, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. From I Prevail, my guy, he just uh, did a big tweet for us. We'll talk about what he's doing for the auction for St. Jude as well. A lot of great stuff. Join the Patreon crew. You get access to the Smartest Slack chat. It's the most intelligent Lions conversation you're going to find anywhere on the internet. It's our private Slack chat for just the Patreon people. Also, the occasional pre-show show and uh, other insider stuff that goes on with the show. You get access to all of that by being a Patreon and join in with as little as a dollar a month by going to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Go in, join the Patreon crew, help support the show and get access and insider info like everybody really, really wants. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter tube, Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. Pretending he's a young man again. <laughs> Subscribe on YouTube. We've got a lot of great stuff going out. We're going to do some weekly clips now. We decided we're going to start just putting some clips of the show out there so you guys can see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff we talked about before. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get in there, get subscribed, and uh, check out some of the tomfoolery that we take part in. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Let them know. Five stars all the way. And if you'd like to give us some feedback, you can do that. Uh, Detroit Lions subreddit on Reddit. That's a great place to let us know what you think. Love those five-star reviews and all the uh, aggregators like iTunes and stuff. So make sure you give us those and share it with folks. We, we appreciate all you folks who have been doing those great reviews. It uh, means very, very much and pushes us up the charts. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. 
Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And oh boy, here it is. It is the ultimate judgment of whether Matt Patricia will see daylight in Detroit again. The preseason, the preseason games as we record this have just been announced today. And um, Case, I don't know, do you think that Patricia's going to make it out? Is his career in Detroit going to be intact after this preseason? Mm, boy, tough question. Uh, he he we could, he might make it through uh, two or three weeks, but if we don't see results there, things could things could be a problem. It really but, hinges um, on the Bills game, right? Right, right. The Bills game. <laughs> yep, that's that's the important one. And, and um. if he survives, I mean, the Browns next. Those two are, are definitely franchise definers. <laughs> no, uh, generally speaking, uh, um, and uh, I'll preach the choir a little bit on this one, but the preseason doesn't matter. Um, the results of the preseason don't matter. The, uh, the matchups actually probably matter more than the results in my personal opinion. So can, can just, just for a reminder, cause I know we have some folks that are, that weren't necessarily around for it, but we were the national preseason champions. The everyone Owen 16, four and oh, four and oh, several times. Yeah. 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 So you go 0-16 after going 4-0, and it tells you about how much the preseason matters. Just just for folks that weren't aware of that, I know we have like 99% of the folks listening know that, but there's I, we have to help those folks along who are newer Lions fans and aren't, aren't accustomed to the, the sense of dashed expectations and failure. Yeah, well, I mean, look at it this way. Um, and I, I've made this, you know, I said this before. Uh, I say I probably say this every year. So um, some of you probably heard this before that I compare the preseason to... Um, Methadone. Oh, nice. For a heroin addict, for, you know, an NFL act. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it does get me excited. I'm not going to lie. I watch all of the preseason games. Pay for them. Uh, start to finish. <laughs> Pay to see them, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I start to finish. I will watch all the preseason games um, because it's my first, you know, chance to see the players back on the field after after several, several months. And that's uh, that's a big thing for me. But what I'm looking for in those games is is definitely not whether or not we win the game, or or uh, you know whether I'm seeing what to expect from the team necessarily. Um, it it it's always and always will be. What am I seeing out of individual players? Um, because that's the final chance for guys who are you know roster bubble guys and there are always going to be quite a few of them and i think this year will be no exception for the lions there will be quite a few guys who uh, are are near the near making the team but need sure. need to show that individual performance on the field need to show that they have an understanding of what they're being asked to do on the field uh we're not going to see the we're, we're not going to see the final schemes and, and especially in a, in a year where we're changing offensive coordinators mm-hmm. um we're gonna. It would not surprise me if we leave the preseason and people are saying, "Oh my God, Bevel is you know trash. Uh, we didn't do anything interesting. You know, he didn't show anything new to us." I, I would bet they they start asking about the identity of the offense again, um, right? Right. And and the other part is is you can guarantee that the narrative is going to start after right after the Bills game that, hey man, these are people. And losing their jobs is a life and you know, it's a big thing you're going to get preached to about, you know, talking about cuts because by the time you get through training camp 
and then the the preseason cuts people come kind of desensitized to cuts a little bit they're like yeah just get rid of them and, and you're using shorthand language when you're talking about it but you're always going to find the person that gets a little bit you know warriory about hey man it's people's lives so just just know what's coming and then say okay someone wants to wants to preach to me a little bit and then move on it's this yeah. is the nature of the beast there's going to be people who get hurt that break your heart there's people that are going to get hurt. They're going to be like, I knew they'd never make it anyway, right? But either way, there's guys whose lives have been spent pursuing this goal and who are no longer on the team. And it's unfortunate and terrible, but that's just the nature of the business. There's only Absolutely. one CEO at every company, right? Well, and there, it, the interesting, you know, if we want to talk about what is maybe interesting about um, the uh, preseason this year, it's that uh, we face all AFC teams, two AFC East teams, the Texans, the Browns, the Bills, and the Patriots. Um, Never heard of them. I I think, you know, it's always a educational situation that you can, you know, if, you're, if your coach is able to do educational things um, um. <laughs> to play the Patriots, regardless of when it is in the year, um, there are things to learn from playing against that team even in the preseason. I like that. I like that we're playing them. I think maybe the most interesting uh, game of the preseason is the Browns game, just because we're talking about a team with immense, like Mm -hmm. raw talent, like the diamond in the rough uh, type situation. So um, I'm going to talk to Riz later on this. Okay. And he, he's already said it on Twitter. That it's like, Oh God, this is like the last week. It's nobody's playing. It's what, you know, the whole thing. He's both of his teams are playing each other. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, well, that's easy. You just write one article and, and spin it two ways. Right. That's all you gotta do. I'm, I'm, I'm actually being a jackass, but, but you're right. That Cleveland team is going to be a very, very interesting team to watch this year. And I think from our perspective, as meaningless as the last week of the preseason is, seeing what their roster looks like, seeing what some of their the way they're playing looks like, seeing how how their players look out in the field, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting even to see second, third, second, third, fourth tier guys out there and how they're being used. So it'll definitely look. It's still a preseason game. It's the mo- the probably the least interesting of the four preseason games. But there's there's I think an angle here that will make it at least more than just a a festival of barfingness. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I'm going to watch it either way and it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm going to I'm going to hate most of what I watch, but I'm going to watch it anyway because I want to know who the last guy who might possibly make the roster and maybe even more significantly like I want to know who the guys who are going to make the practice squad are. Yeah. And and that's what that game is. It it's who manages to find a finally, you know, cement their place as a, you know, practice squad guy. And, and so that is important for those players. And so for those players, you know, you, like you said, you know, these guys are out there playing for a paycheck. They're, they're, they're grinding, you know, they're, they're giving it their all. And that's uh, their life's dream. That's right? an important, that's an important moment for them. And I'm willing to watch it because I want to know who's got the heart to, you know, push through a meaningless situation in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, look at you and I. This is our live stream to be doing this podcast with your your new girlfriend and my wife listening. I mean, we've got now up to I think we got a third listener who's tuned in. This is really something. This is this is what I've worked my whole life toward. As silly as that is, these guys really have spent their whole lives working towards something and and chasing greatness. And it's it's hard to see the guys that don't. But you know, you, you wish everybody could do it, but but they can't. And um, 
just to kind of get into some of the details of this, the first week is against the Patriots. It's going to be somewhere between the 8th and the 12th of August. After that, the Texans between the 15th and 19th. 15th is my birthday if you guys want to you know, send stuff in. That's great. Uh, the Bills on the 23rd, and that's going to be a nationally televised game, which is kind of cool. And uh, the Browns, 29th through the 30th. So I kind of walk backwards. We talked about the Browns game. The Bills game on the 23rd, nationally televised. It's the most important game of the preseason. That's cool that that one's the one that's nationally televised. That's good for guys like you and I who aren't necessarily in the Detroit market. Um, before that, two games, I'll kind of wrap them together a little bit. Actually, I won't. The Texans could be on my birthday, so you guys, you want to take care of me. That's okay. Uh, Now I'll wrap them together. Uh, Patriots and the Texans together. Um, Both coached by Belichick people. Belichick himself and a Belichick person, right? Uh, O'Brien, Bob. Um, We got the Lions, of course, who are from kind of the Belichick tree with uh, Quinn and, and Patricia. How much you want to bet that there's practices with those two teams in the Lions throughout a training camp or leading up to the week ahead of the the games? You know what I mean? I just yeah, see I would that, not be surprised. Yeah, I see that kind of thing happening, and I think it's good for all, everybody involved. And the fact that they're all AFC teams it makes it even better for us. We don't right? play any of those teams right. this year. Yeah. So yeah, this is good. We have this had years. We've ha- have had many years where we like played somebody in the preseason that we end up playing in the regular season. That is that is not this year. So they they can you know do things in a practice joint practice that maybe they wouldn't be able to do against uh, teams that they would be playing later on. They can, you know, maybe expose a little bit or, or, or test their guys out Open the kimono. Uh, on, on schemes that they might actually use during the regular season where they wouldn't necessarily otherwise. Yep. And, and I want to touch on that because that's one of the things we know about um, Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick. And it's kind of a Patriot thing. It's an iteration. Again, I hate to do this case. You know how I am with my work. It's part of my life. So it's an agile approach. It's an it's a constant iteration from one to the next to the next. And we start at the beginning with a minimal viable product. And we work from there to improve upon it. And that's where we are. And that's what this is going to be. And I think the Patriots and the Texans really early in there is it doing much of the same thing. We're not showing everything, but we're iterating into something good. I think that's that's a good way for us to start and uh, put us into a good position for the, the the regular season. Regular season hits, guys. We're going to be a completely different team at the beginning of September than we are at the beginning of October, than we are at the beginning of November and all down the line. It's going to be a constant iteration and a constant improvement of the way we do things, hopefully. It doesn't mean you're going to win. You can get better at things and still lose, but I think it'll be a constant iteration. So we'll get late, later on another show down the road. We'll talk about what our year predictions are. We still have to get drafting done and all that kind of stuff. So anything else about the preseason case you want to cover? No, for now, I'm sure we'll, we'll have plenty more to talk about as, as the summer, as the uh, spring rolls into summer and the summer rolls on. That's right. Oh, that's nice. Very, that's poetic. Um, okay, so we'll move on. We're going to talk about something that's not as happy and exciting and, and, and joyful and silly mm, like no. we usually do. This is this one really hit me. Um, and, and I know, I mean, I, I when it came through, I sent it to my wife. She happened to be, of all places, a Target at the time. And and she, like, had to pull, it's, it sounds weird, pull, pull her shopping cart over and just kind of catch her breath for a little. My wife is a, is a really big Kelly Stafford follower on Instagram, spends time watching her on Instagram um, and in social media. I... <laughs> I'm not full, full transparency, right? She's interesting and funny and has all her things, but I just, I only, I really have to hyper focus because the way my time is sliced up, I, I, I hyper focus on things and I'm hyper vigilant on the thing in that moment. And then I literally wipe it away and go to the next thing and reset. Um, and I just don't have time for, for that kind of thing. So I rely on 
my wife to keep me up to date, but I saw this and I sent it to her and it was, it's just absolutely heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking to see uh, a young woman like that um, with, uh, they, cost, they call it an acoustic neuroma. It's a uh, tumor on the brain. Um, it's not cancerous, but this is one of those things that um, you, you just hate to see it. It's terrible. It's, it's obviously someone who doesn't deserve it. And, and you can talk about the Stafford's all you want. They, they're, they're a family that honors every single one of their commitments. Right. And, and everything they need to do. He's a great guy in the city. Uh, we heard the story last year where he held the door open for a family going into a restaurant. Right. He does all the right things. Is he super Mr. Detroit man? Maybe not. But he is for the Lions and he does everything he needs to when he's in town. Maybe he lives somewhere else. Maybe he's, he's a different mindset, but he gives 110 percent. And uh, in that kind of case, you look at this and it's 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 really it's heartbreaking. Right. Here's a young mother, three kids, uh, twins. You got Matthew there. They're, they're, they've seemingly got it all and they get news like this. It's, it's the kind of thing that just will will, will crack your eggs and um, hard to hear. Right, Case? Oh, absolutely. Um, I. I am not a I don't I, I have an Instagram account. I think I have one picture on there. Um, but I never, ever, ever use it. So I, I don't follow anyone on Instagram. Um, and I feel like that's, you know, where the majority of her, you know, fame outside of, uh, outside of the lions comes from. Um, but everybody, it, it, I mean, she seems to be incredibly well liked. Um, and everything that I have ever seen, you know, post to the subreddit, whatever, um, you know, <laughs> she occasionally gets a little fiery in her defense sure, of, sure. of Stafford, you know, that kind of thing. But um, that's that's OK. Uh, she's allowed to do that. Um, I'll give you a hit. You know, there's something um, she took a little bit of crap because um, because, look, <laughs> they can live a little bit of an ostentatious lifestyle. Right. It, it, it's just it's just the nature of making four hundred gajillion dollars a year. It's, right. just, it's just the nature right. of the beast. Right. But um, she was doing some stuff and she started doing some sponsored stuff. Right. Where, where they were paying her money to do it. And people started getting really crappy with her. And her reaction was. Um, do you guys know that all this money goes to the folks that we help in Detroit? Right? This is all the the charitable work that we're doing. This is just we're raising money to help with that. And and you think about that again. I'm, I'm, I'm I, we're we're not we don't get into politics. We don't get into so many things. But her husband's making tons of money. She could just sit home and do nothing. But instead, she's found a way to try to to kind of earn her crust and uh, show her value and her worth in in the marketplace. And is using that not to not to support the family, not to buy uh, new hats or, or whatever else you would buy, right? She she's out there. Diapers are expensive. Yeah, hell yeah. She's out there using the money she earns to to help people who who could use it more than than she could. And and, and what a, what a great way to you know prove and provide value and find value in what you do and also help other people. That what what a what an altruistic altruistic kind of way to approach that sort of thing. So she does take some heat from that kind of stuff, but absolutely great person uh, on Instagram. Seen her uh, last year at training camp rolling by, super super pregnant. Um, had a crazy smile. She was just in a great mood. It was really something to see. Um, good woman. Hope you know they they talk about different side effects. The nice thing about it is it's not cancerous. It's just something that has to be taken away. But anytime you touch the brain, um, as you can see with the case, it becomes a problem. <laughs> it can't be a problem. 
<laughs> um, so again, wish her the very, very, very best outcome. Not just because she's the quarterback's wife, of course, of right? Course. I mean, we wish the same for anybody out there. I'm, Nobody, I'm, you know, and it, you know, the the only you know silver lining to come out of that is just that it's it's not cancer. Yeah, that, uh, it, it brain surgery is definitely terrifying, terrifying uh, in any in any way, shape, or form. But it's not cancer, so. Um, there's every you know good possibility that that she's going to be fine yep and that's that's what we'll shoot for so hopefully that's good um you know from a football perspective we'll, we'll wait to see what happens out of that we're not going to start talking yeah about there is it there is always a pragmatic part of my mind that you know questions the effect for the lions but it's too early to even it's too yeah. early to even think about that yeah yeah absolutely it's just all about uh kelly getting better Right. And uh, with that, let me, boy, I'll, I'll keep it a little, I'll keep it light, but it is another area. You know, we talk a little bit about um, what we're doing for the folks at St. Jude um, with the Run Rich Run thing. We're trying to support that. Uh, we talked about how we got there. This is, this is a big deal, um, helping sick kids. And we started the hashtag fans help sick kids. It's what we're trying to do. Um, there, there, there's kids that have all kinds of maladies out there. And and Rich Eisen has really raised the flag to try to help um, make life better for them. St. Jude does a great job. It's completely based and run on public donations. And it's donations not just for the treatment for the kids, but also for um, the families. So they have to worry about the costs associated, the travel, the housing, all that stuff that happens. You get the worst possible news that you could ever imagine as a parent. And uh, St. Jude is there to help you. And it's really, really something special. Um, I was talking to Carlene uh, O'Reilly over there as we were working out with some of the things that we're doing there. And uh, she mentioned that they've got the world's best child's oncology doctor world's best top number one he's in there on a saturday afternoon working checking on his patients didn't have to be he could have had anybody anybody do that but he cares so much that he's in there checking on those kids himself that's something special i mean it's it's a it's it's a mindset more more than just a hospital they do a lot for a lot of people who need it the most so you know we kind of took up a a cause here with that and uh we put out our march transparency report because unfortunately the world we live in there's people out there that are that are kind of jerks, and they would use somebody's name, like St. Jude, to try to make money for themselves. So our whole thing is about transparency. We were very, very open and honest about every dollar we got, accounted for it, and uh, put it out there. In the first three weeks case, we were able to raise $3,548.69. And... <laughs> <laughs> which of course is of course right our our audience um <laughs> but over $3500 man how 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 awesome is that for St. Jude to help these folks you know move forward that's as of the 2nd of April and uh we've got until the 30th of April to raise more money so folks please stay involved we've got the auction has kicked off since then um so far the items there up for bid are at $868 more uh, added so that's really awesome bid those things up i prevail has come through you ready for this case a signed guitar from i oh prevail my. used oh on my. stage yeah right uh nfl game used super bowl uh football uh a matthew stafford sign ball donated by the lions got all kinds of a, a dinner with riz sandman me and it looks like even more so 
Case may be joining us <laughs> at the training camp party. Uh, a lot of good stuff. We got a Billy Sims signed football coming up there as well. Going to be up in the next day or two. Please check out the auction at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get involved. Uh, make a bid. Donate. Get this stuff out there. 100% of this money is going to St. Jude. Also, the shirts we have for sale through the end of April. Get your shirt and uh, get set up with it. And a dollar from every shirt sale also goes to St. Jude. And there's also the Patreon piece. Everything we earn in April and every donation we get via PayPal in April is going to St. Jude. We're taking nothing home from those. Send that in and we'll get it over just as you saw in that transparency report on the website. It's uh, good stuff for a super, super cause. And uh, we're shooting. We're we're, we're just I, I gave the transparency report. Uh, for as of April 2nd, we're over five grand now. We really, really, really want to crack $10,000, folks. Um, if I can help, we're talking Zach Zenner Day, and we'll talk about this a little later at the training camp party. Um, Zach Zenner Day on that day looks like August 3rd. Get your I Heart ZZ shirt. We're all going to wear them. It's going to be the ZZ crew on site. A dollar for I that. will be very sad if I can't get that signed by Zenner. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, well, trust me. I'm working on, I'm working on some stuff. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I want him to write, I love you too, Kate on it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that oh, reference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so get your shirt, get your shirt now. I mean, you're going to want it later for the, I love Zach Zenner day, but get it now and do some good for St. Jude. All right. We'll, we'll keep at this. You guys get out there. There's great stuff for auction and great ways to donate every penny. And you can see it accounted for. Every penny goes to St. Jude. Let's help some sick kids. Hashtag fans help sick kids. Let's do this. All right. All right. Let's move on away from sickness and get into health. We've got a neat guy named CJ Anderson we signed. And I know we signed him a little bit ago, Case, but you haven't been able to be here to talk about CJ. And I want to see what you're thinking. Where's your head at on this signing? What does it mean? Is he going to, is he going to take over for carry on or is Zach Zenner going to be dropped? What does this mean for the Detroit Lion running back position? It means that he sufficiently fills the number two uh, running back role <gasps> and that if necessary, we're carry on to suffer an injury, he can be the number one is what it means. And wait, I truly wait, wait, wait. believe that. Like I, 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 I didn't, I hadn't done enough research on CJ Anderson prior to the signing for me to have a very strong opinion on him. But has, since the signing, I, everything, everything that I look at. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of older running backs in general. Like I, I feel like that's not a good way to go. Uh, so I also don't, I don't think he's a long-term solution to anything, but if we're talking uh, strictly 2019, he's big He's strong. He's a good blocker. He's good in the pass game. And the dude can get up, up the field. Like <laughs> it's, um, he doesn't have, you know, the, the most incra- uh, crazy statistics or anything like that. And if oh, you, uh, well, I mean, I mean, from a, in, in terms of total production. Sure. But, but, but just two years ago, and I have to do this because, and, and I'll let you run with it, right? Yeah, go. Just two years ago, he ran for 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, which is big in Detroit to be able to do that, number one, right? And was graded the sixth best, best NFL, the sixth best running back in the NFL in 2017, say. right? I don't say. <laughs> trust me, I don't. He was also top one to two in pass blocking and wound up getting cut. 
right? Here's a guy, and and let's let's talk about how ass the protection was in in that scheme. Oh, in Denver, in Denver? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Here's a guy who produced super high, not last year, but the year before. It very well could be that last year he was misused. Misused. I think we may have a little diamond in the rough. There's a little bit of a gem here. Well, I wouldn't necessarily go to say that he's a diamond in the rough because he's been around for so long. I think he's, what is he, 28? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're you're talking about a guy who truly has been uh, misused, mismanaged, um, behind bad lines, that kind of thing. Uh, He bounced around. He got, he got, he was on four different teams in the last two years. He got pregnant. Um, and that should be a major red flag. He got but, pregnant, remember? Right. You, you don't happen until you get pregnant as a man. You put on weight with every baby. That's what happens, Case. <laughs> well, and as long as he carries it carefully uh, <laughs> with, with love and care, then, then it's all good. Um, I, I heard there's like even an incentive in his contract. I'm not even joking. It's oh, like 700 and some dollars for every pound or something, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He, the his that's tweet, real. he sounded really like he's got a chip on his shoulder. And, I, and it's like it's not a chip. It's a whole building, right? I mean, he looks like he is ready to come in angry. And run angry. And I'm going to tell you from what I saw, the film I reviewed of CJ Anderson, Anderson, you don't want to see him running angry if you're on defense. I'm going to say a thing that's going to trigger some people, but this is a Patriots ask signing. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I, I hate you, but that, yeah. Yeah, no, I see it. I, I totally see it, right? <laughs> they got him for uh, 1.5 mil. Um, there are incentives possible, um, but is not an expensive contract. It is a let's uh, let's see what he can do, you know, contract. Yeah, and he and gets the he, opportunity to prove that he can be a major factor in an offense for a whole year. And and, the, and he wants to do that. That's been yeah. he's made that very clear that that's what he wants to do is have the opportunity to be a major factor in an offense for an entire year. The proof is in the pudding. Right, where where does it happen next year? As a player, I would say he's kind of foolish if he tries to sign with the Lions because they gave him a chance and he takes a little bit less than he could make somewhere else. Right, I, I, and on one hand, it's kind of foolish as a player. You just take everything you can get. You take the Golden Tate route. You just get as much money as you can. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, sometimes there's a redemption arc. There's a sense of ownership. And we saw that with Dean, um, where you're like, you know what? No. They gave me the shot, and they brought me back, and I did well, and I'm here to prove it. We're going to do it together, right? I mean, you saw it with uh, with with Blunt. You saw it with DJ Lang on his way out, right? He was 100% oh, yeah. and still is 100% bought into this team and where it's going. Um, this is one of those things, just like 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 you said in that kind of the old the, the, the New England thing. Um, he He could buy in and take less to do more. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think next year will really define how Patriot the signing is or not, right? Whether they dump him because he wants too much, they keep him because he agrees to a good amount or or else, or, some, or he didn't do as well, right? Right. And I, I, to me, the only reason that he might not, you know, live up to expectations could be an injury situation. And, and he's not immune to that, you know, at his age as a running back. Uh, that's certainly well within the realm possibility. Um, so, so, like, I wouldn't, say that that's an unlikely scenario but uh it he's also being signed to be part of the committee and i know that like i know that in his head he doesn't 
want that. Like he'd rather be the guy for a team. Mm -hmm. I just, but I don't think anybody out there was going to give him that. So I think that, that he signed with Detroit knowing that carry on Johnson, you know, flashed big time as a rookie and is going to probably be the starter day one. Um, that he was willing to sign with the Lions means that he. Um, but they're is, different backs, man. This is per, this is the great thunder lightning thing, right. right? I mean, God dang. And Zenner back there, always, always having Zach Zenner. I love Zach Zenner. Zach Zenner. Yeah, I do. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. All right, I want to move forward. There's something that came out just just as we started recording. The NFL and the NFL Players Association had a statement on the collective bargaining agreement, and the statement is this. Today, the members of the NFL's Management Council and the NFLPA's Executive Committee met to discuss negotiations for a new collective bargaining agreement. The league and union have committed to meet regularly in the coming months, which involves staff, NFL leadership, members of the NFLPA Executive Committee, and player representatives. Um, so that that's the statement. It, it's like, we met today. We're going to keep meeting. Uh, CBA expires after the 2020 season. We've got basically two years here. Um, What do you think, Case? I mean, we can talk more about this as we go on, but I'm interested in what you think the big issues in the CBA are going to be as we get closer to the 2020 season and the end of the season where it comes due. There's a lot of stuff in both uh, guaranteed money and um, player safety that are going to come up. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, the NFL is going to try, as they always do, to push in areas, uh, as they always have in the past on these CBAs, and they've had great success in doing so in the past. But if you look around at the other professional sports and, uh, you know, especially basketball and, and the kind of contracts that players are signing in basketball, um, I think that that's going to be a major issue. And, uh, I hope very much as a football fan that we don't see a play stoppage. It's possible. I did a major potential for things to come out the other side of the CBA this time around. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Where, see. I think the, the big ask from the NFL side is going to be more games, right? Cause that's where the money comes from to take care of all those other things that the, the players are asking. So I think that's going to be the big piece that the NFL is asking for. Um, because they can make up the money that they give to the players if the players are out there on the field more. Uh, whether it's fewer preseason games or how they decide to to scoop that up or make that work, we'll we'll see. But uh, it'll be interesting. We'll have NFL uh, CBA coverage as it goes on. It's still early, but they put that statement out there, and uh, we just wanted to cover it really quick to make sure let you folks know we ain't sleeping on the job. All right, want uh, do want to talk about being excited on the job. And that's when you when you have a party, and there ain't no party like the Detroit Lions podcast NFL Draft Party yearly event. Is this our third year now, Case, that we'll be doing this? Uh, this will be the third year. Yeah. Whew. Good times. Good times. And, God, every year we've had, like, a major leap forward technologically, doing stuff that no one else is doing every time. I mean, that's who we are, right? We, we like to continuously improve and push the push the envelope. We do have some great surprises for you again this year. I think you guys are going to be loving what we do. It's the NFL Draft Party. We are going to do day one of the NFL Draft, Case and I, on Thursday night. 
and we're going to go through the whole first 32 on the uh, draft. We'll fill them in. We'll have a couple great guests join us like we usually do and uh, some special surprises. Just just know that this is going to be uh, it's going to be beyond what again, it's beyond expectations. That's all I could say. We every year we up the ante and blow the roof off and and you look around what everyone else is doing. You say, gosh. God, Case and Chris are so cool. And then Case is going to take day two off. He's going to relax a little bit. He's going to recover his liver because he's got this whole... Or go to actual work. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about the the, the great life of a podcaster. Or, Or maybe go spend time eating grapes that his girlfriend's feeding him as he's getting fanned by a palm frond and um i think we're gonna have sam man we'll, maybe riz we'll have a couple people we'll do a day two coverage as well we only did day one last year we're gonna do day two this year get some coverage in there as well so it's gonna be a good good time um day two make sure to check out our friend good friend billy sims you might see him say hey what's up it's the uh what does he like to say create case the detroit lions broadcast show yeah, buddy. He might be saying hi. We might be getting high. So we'll see. Uh, good stuff. Draft parties. We're going to do day one, day two. That's rounds one, two, and three. Check it out. It'll be on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can get there easily through DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It'll give you a direct link right to the live stream. But uh, we're going. We're going hard. And you're not going to want to miss this. All right. Uh, next step. We'll keep going. There was an article that came out. Um, I'm going to summarize it here, Casey. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, the title probably should have been Aaron Rodgers is trash. Is that is that mm-hmm. right, or am I am I exaggerating? Well, you're not far off. Um, <laughs> here's okay. Um, I want to preface this by saying that it would be hypocritical of us as fans to look at what came out in the Bleacher Report article about Aaron Rodgers. And if, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Bleacher Report Aaron Rodgers, and I promise it'll be like... Number one. Top, top. And, and it's a long read. It's like 40, like half an hour that you're going to devote to reading. So um, it's worth the read. Very interesting, illuminating in a lot of ways. Um, but it would be hypocritical of us as fans to take every word of it as truth or no. every word of it as um, unbiased truth anyway. No, no, it's um, all real. Now, it paints both, both Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy in very negative lights. Uh, it, 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 it shows uh, Mike McCarthy as an incompetent coach uh, who does things like get, you know, get massages during meetings and things like that. Although, you know, he's refuted that, but at the same time, players, uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) there are, there were former players um, for the Packers. There are no current players for the Packers that, you know, commented on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, most of the current players for the Packers who have commented on it have said, you know, oh, I didn't see that, you know, whatever. I I like my Um, contract. Leave me alone. (laughs) Right. Um, the, the, the big, the big names that, that got quoted were Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley, and both were sort of notoriously salty after leaving Green Bay uh, for one reason or another. So that has to be taken into account. Uh, you you could call it a hit piece, um, although I don't think that journalist, you know, set out necessarily, like I don't think it was his goal in, in writing the article to uh, make a hit piece. I think he just, like, he sure. came on all this information and 
put it out. And yeah. and no, uh, hold on. Okay, so now now you and I are going to do a little disagreeing here, maybe right? Because I don't think any journalist comes across the information that was in this article. Like, oh wow, look at this. We have three sources saying that Aaron Rodgers is a dick and Mike McCarthy is a piece of trash. This there was some intent here. There may and and it may be intent to find the insider story on the the, the Green Bay Packers, but there was intent to find you. to find information here and the information they found. It may be embellished or whatever. But right, um, I, I won't argue. To, I actually, I, I I completely won't argue with that. Um, and, and if it if it was the first time, you know, you and me, we have been paying attention to this kind of stuff that's like behind the scenes Green Bay stuff forever. Yeah. Because we hate Green Bay. <laughs> Absolutely. But but um, for other people who weren't necessarily paying as much attention, some of this stuff may have come as a shock. Like all of this all of a sudden. Okay, well, it isn't all of this all of a sudden. It's more like a compilation of things that have happened over many Ooh, years. That's a good characterization right there. Right, it, It's the compilation of things over a number of years kind of laid out bare in a single a single that very good very good case <laughs> now is there some exaggeration is there some hyperbole maybe no, even in none. there um possibly and it, like like i said i know i know believe me believe me i want to take everything in that article at face value and just assume that aaron Rodgers is the biggest dickhead in the world and that is. they will be a failure of the team as long as they have him they probably um and hopefully they have him as a failure for a very long time Indeed, yeah. but <laughs> but but i have to say you know it isn't like we have never been victim to uh Ooh. players coaches whatever you just getting, clicked the ruby slippers and took us back right <laughs> I know. getting Jackson. getting the raw end of the deal by somebody by a uh, you know a former player who was less than thrilled with or, what happened in their time here or shredded shoddy journalism in the detroit free press and right right so 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 like um now i that i mean but the sheer quantity of information and 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 while you have a couple of you have a couple of players who are named in the article you also have a lot of unnamed sources and those are tough to that's tough to weed through um how much of that unnamed source type of material is legit and how much of it isn't it's usually 100% legitimate right when they don't name a source uh, like sources familiar with the situation those are usually the best ones but I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Because they're familiar with the situation. <laughs> I mean, that's what it says. So I figure they would be the most familiar with the situation. Point being, um, exactly the degree to which any any of this stuff, you know, matters or, or has mattered. Um, what I what I like find most interesting about it is the pragmatic effect going forward. Because obviously Aaron Rodgers has seen it. He's responded to it. Mike McCarthy has seen it. He responded to it. Um the every if if those two guys have seen it, every player for the Packers and every player who might play for the Packers has seen it and knows about it and is now in everybody's headspace about it. Pragmatically, what do I want? I want the Packers to fail. <laughs> so <and laughs> there is this... no there is no like if and or but about that. I want the Packers to fail miserably. And this and is the this is the 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 modern version of the do you still beat your wife question, 
right? <laughs> it, it, it really is. Because now, like forever, what was the answer last year for Matt Patricia for that bullshit story from the from the free press? And I say it's bullshit because it never advanced the narrative. We're a year in and it hasn't done fuck all to change anything anywhere except create a bunch of fucking stir and clicks. Right. That, that's it, right? So it's kind of where this is right now. It's not real. It's maybe it's not. But now Aaron Rodgers is going to spend the year and the, and the, and the Packers are going to spend the year answering the did you beat your wife do you still beat your wife question that's really what it is and it's it's the ultimate smear i don't know if it's true or not but that this is look i i want to beat aaron Rodgers any way possible if half his team is injured and we beat him and the team i'm okay with that because we beat oh, the yeah, team right too. i know that not everybody agrees with that but with this kind that, of like. character assassination <laughs> I have a hard time. I, I have a hard time swallowing it because it could be you. It could be me. It could be anybody. Right. And it, oh, it, I also agree with that. it truly is the, do you still beat your wife question? And I hate that, that, that is, it, it is just hor- horrible. It is absolutely horrifying that people can do that and get away with it. And that you can, there's no good answer. There is no good answer that Darren Rogers could give, whether this is true or not. There was no good answer that Matt Patricia could give, whether it was true or not. There's no answer. It just now becomes, oh, well, they asked him that because he's a wife beater. Well, look, he's got super defensive about this. It must be true. There you go. If he he ignored it, it's like, oh, he doesn't have an answer. It's true. So anyway, look, I have no tears for Aaron Rodgers, but this is exactly, (laughs) we talk about clickbait. I'm going to make a shirt. There's going to be a shirt on our site for clickbait. This is exactly the bullshit. Some people scream fake news. Some people, you know, there's there's all this shit going out there. But this is the thing that is wrong with news and information in our society. The absolute smearing of people because, well, in this case, it's for money, but because you disagree with them. It's 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 fucking abhorrent behavior and it's got to stop, man. We as a people have to be better than this. So fuck the Packers and uh I want to see Aaron Rodgers cr- crash, but this is this is underhanded. I don't, I don't like. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm I'm so of two minds here. I can't get I over the fact that like I hope this crashes the Packers, but um, <laughs> it's true so much. <laughs> but yes, no, no, no. You're you're right. You're actually like it, uh, I. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound conceited, but I think this is a rare example of you taking the moral high ground over me. But. Um, <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm on top all the time. Oh, wait. Did I miss that one again? (laughs) I take the most pragmatic approach typically. There you go. Okay. We'll move on from Aaron Rodgers' trash mess. Speaking of trash mess, we've got something way better. We've got something the other end of the spectrum. It is draft mess. Ash puts together this most amazing thing every year, heading up to draft. You're getting excited. It's just like Christmas, right? You're heading up into ahead of Christmas. You want, you're getting ready. What's the gifts? What well, I got to get some extra stuff. You're getting everything ready. Got to get your drinks. Got to get your snacks. It's going to be on. I got to listen to the guys in the Detroit Lions podcast draft party. Oh my God. I got to, I got to find it all. Ash helps you out. He's going to have a tiered big board. He's going to have trade possibilities. Day three player profiles. He's going to have a Mac mock draft compilation. He's going to have spicy avocado tuna rolls recipes, um, draft subplots, all kinds of amazing stuff like he always does every year. If you haven't seen it, if you aren't familiar with it, please, please check it out. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Ash Thompson, the 
12 days of Draftmas in eight, but maybe seven days out. We'll see. We'll see how it all, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, be sure to check it out. He's, he's your, your line to everything about the draft and having fun with it. All right, moving on. We've got some questions from, from Twitter case. Um, do you feel like you could answer a couple of those and, and, and help us out with uh, some of the guys out there that want to know some stuff? Oh, of course. I'm always happy to say anything to anyone. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take that down. No, no. All right. <laughs> the first I've never one... gotten into trouble for this, Chris. Ever. <laughs> well, always first. Uh, let's, let's go to the first one. This is a good one. Um, how do you think the Lions view these so-called positions of need? This is from Joey two times. Two times, Joey. Um, we look at it, and we've got the positions of need, and we want to look at them from the highest to lowest priority. We've got wide receiver, tight end, right guard, edge, linebacker, outside CB2, and safety. Um, talk a little bit about your thinking on this case and then and then tear them up for us. Here's what I think. I think that uh, if you ask the same question to Riz, and he'll be on the show af- uh, after I take off uh, today, that he would have a, a pretty clear delineation in what he thinks the Lions want in terms of that, that tier listing. I'm less concerned with their ranking of need as I am with their ranking of talent. Um, do I think... Okay, oh, so we're going to go on a whole side tangent here. So prepare your everything. Um, we're <laughs> we're going to talk about it. wide receivers for a second. <laughs> we're going to talk about wide receivers for a second. Uh, there's been a lot of push uh, on the subreddit, on Twitter, on everything, uh, on this show about wide receivers. I think wide receivers are the most overrated position on any NFL team. In, in the NFL in general, I think wide receivers Okay, wide receivers. There, there is there is some kind of uh, alien mystery going on with with what this is. We've got no, the Illuminati, no, that Illuminati that music going. What's going on here with the most overrated <laughs> of all? <laughs> they are frequently the most visible members of a team because uh, you know uh, obviously the offense gets more attention than the defense. The uh, and the guys who make the big catches they get all the attention. So it's not that I don't understand. But uh, I've, you know, I've I've been looking into it. Other guys have been looking into it, uh, and, and for years now, the general consensus among people that I've I've spoken to is that wide receiver is not as important a position as you might think it is. Uh, if you want to go look, especially especially when you talk about like having a top tier wide receiver. I won't argue. I won't even pretend to argue that the Lions right now have a phenomenal wide receiver core. Uh, I like both of our starters on the outside. I like, not love, both of our starters on the outside. Even though I, even though I'm very, you know, optimistic about Kenny Galladay's future, um, if he's if he can improve his route running, I think he has, you know, big time star potential. You, you get a thousand yards in your sophomore season. I'm not about to like shit on your potential, but. Um, I'm also not about to say that Marvin Jones can't come back from injury because he has, a, he did once it has passed and he improved every year after that. Mm-hmm. But point being, 
I I recognize the want for you know different kinds of playmakers on the offense, especially at the wide receiver role. It's not that I don't understand it. It's that if you look at the contracts of the top wide receivers in the NFL, what guys get paid, what the biggest names get paid over the last years, and look what teams they play for, there is not a lot of correlation. There is a negative correlation, I think, <laughs> with success. Uh, the guys who overpay wide receivers, the teams that overpay wide receivers, do not have a lot of success. Um, you're looking at a lot of teams like the Browns and the Bengals and the Cardinals. Uh, you, can, you could say Julio Jones has made ab- absolutely the most of his contract with the Falcons. I won't argue with that. Um, but at the same time, they, they have struggled in the postseason. Um, and a big part of the reason they've struggled is, is the depth of their talent. Antonio Brown's you, made the most of his contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, you, you got, you, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, Antonio Brown thing and the uh, OBJ thing play out this next year with the Browns and the Raiders respectively. I would be surprised if either of them made the playoffs. I would be surprised if either of them made the AFC championship. I'd be surprised if both of them make the playoffs. Wow. But I, we'll I see, see OBJ. We'll see I, don't see, I don't see the Raiders doing it. I see the Browns having a possible possible shot at the playoffs. I just don't see but the radar the Raiders being able to pull out. And I don't know that just from a mental health I don't think from a mental health perspective, Antonio Brown will make it to the end of the season. But but go on. Actually that's a I think that's actually a, a relevant point is the uh a, a separate point. So if we want to go on a tangent from a tangent, I am concerned about the mental health of uh A B. Mm-hmm. I think that and, and it's possible that I'm like way overreacting to what we saw happen with Titus Young. But the, the heel turn of Antonio Brown over the last couple of years, the heel turn, the absolute like turning from a hero to a villain, he was very soft-spoken or, or, or just not maybe paid attention to. And now all of a sudden is like the most negative dude in the league. That's, that's shocking personality change. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be, it, I'm not, I'm not here to like overestimate the impacts of brain damage or anything like that. Or but, cocaine use. Or cocaine use. <laughs> but I mean, would it blow your mind? I mean, seriously, would it blow your mind if in a few years Antonio Brown was out of the league and we found out some deep dark shit about him? We really should have signed him for a lot of money. I, I feel like we made a mistake there. With that on the table, anyway, boy. <laughs> the the point is, and, and then and then we talk about the talk about the draft, and you know, you get the you get the hyped players in DK Metcalf and uh, you know, other guys. High ceiling guys uh, that are probably limited in their, you know, their what they're able to do totally. Trying to build your team around a wide receiver. A wide receiver is not a good idea. Trying to build your team with a good, deep wide receiver core that isn't necessarily like at the top at any one guy, that's personally what I would take every single time other than taking, you know, other than trying to look at these things that, uh, you know, like I said, if you look at the teams that have overspent on wide receivers, there isn't a lot of success there. 
Yeah. And yeah. Uh, until until somebody can prove me wrong on that, I, I think I, I think that's my like new sticking point on the on that topic. Yeah, no, no. I would I, rather I, not go there in the first round. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, it is a huge point of need for the team, though, and um, it, it creates an interesting um, diametrically opposed kind of point. You need a why you need you need a good wide receiver on this team. We don't have a really really top shelf wide receiver on this team that's going to help us pull ahead. You can probably get him in the third or fourth, though. Right? Neither or, do some of the other teams who've done really well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see where we're at. Um, all right, so let's prioritize these positions. Case, where do you go? We're talking about wide receiver, tight end, right guard, edge, linebacker, outside CB2, and safety. Why don't you prioritize those in the order you think they're the most important for this team? It's hard for me not to always put edge at the top, even if I'm very happy with Trey Flowers signing. I am very happy with that signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put that at the top because I think, you know, if you get, uh, if you get one more guy there, if you are managed to get um, Allen or, and, and you know, uh, my thoughts on the defensive end class this year are all over the place because everybody's thoughts on the defensive end class this year are all over the place. Is it Burns? Is it Sweat? Is it, you know, who is it that I really like? And, and I have not nailed down exactly who it is that I like for this team yet. Although there was a really great post on the subreddit. And I, I, the name of the user escapes me at the moment. But if, if you get a chance, go look at uh, the, the uh, Sweat um, profile that was posted a couple days ago by the time this gets posted. Um, worth, your, worth your read, for sure. sure. Yeah. So I think that would be number one for me. Um, I think tight end is probably number two, although I say that, but I'm not, that doesn't mean that I think the value of a tight end is mm-hmm. merited by taking one. Well, we're round. talking about positions of need. Yeah. Positions right. of need. So I think the tight end, the tight end the is number two. <laughs> okay. Doesn't mean that I think that's, um, I think slot wide receiver, because I think Danny Amendola is a, a one year deal mm-hmm. is probably number three. Hmm. I'm going to amend that and say that I think linebacker is number three mm-hmm. because I as I like Jared Davis's potential, but I don't like anything beyond that. Okay. Um, so I'll say that's number three. I do the reason that I would I, I would almost put it higher than that, but I also think that linebacker is the least valuable position on the defense in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would put. Hmm. Ooh, the last three safety outside cornerback two and RG are right guard are super, super dependent on how you feel about the players we already have. I actually am optimistic about the CB two position. So I'm going to bump that down the list. Um, I like Melvin Gordon. Um, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to bump that down the list. I like uh, Taylor uh, for safety. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bump that down. So I'll put RG in there as the next spot because I don't think you can go wrong with trying to improve your offensive line depth sure. ever. Sure. Okay. I'm going to run at it. I'm going to take a run at this. I'm going to go edge first. I'm going to go right guard second. And not because it's no, I, well, I it's won't position, argue with that. Honestly, I won't argue with that. Thing, but I'm I'm a build the trenches guy. 
right? If I build oh, my, I won't my, argue with my two I, I lines, I think that's going that. to be what makes everything else work. From there, I would go wide receiver. From there, I would go outside cornerback two, uh, tight end, uh, linebacker, then safety. That's kind of the route I would go with those guys. So there you go. That's the questions from Twitter there. We'll move on. Uh, what would con- constitute a successful or unsuccessful season this season? Is Maddie P gone if they go seven and nine or eight and eight? And I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll jump in case right off the top. You can tell me I'm an idiot, but uh, I say no. Uh, I, I see this, <laughs> I see this as a ten and six team um, this year, and I'm, I'm very much in the mind. And this isn't the Patriot way thinking, but the turnaround that you saw when Jimmy Johnson took over of the Dallas Cowboys. This is not a a one win team in the first year of Matt Patricia. Um, it's also, what did they do in the second year when, when Jimmy Johnson was at nine and nine, nine and seven, is that what they went year two? I remember it was right around there, right? This is a team that's better than that. I see uh, a substantial increase. I really want to see wide receiver at this team. I want to see, I think that is the difference right now. We have a very, very solid defense. If we can stay healthy and I'll, I'll put that caveat around, I think if we stay healthy, our biggest area of, of, of pain is going to be scoring points. And it's going to be because we don't have the wide receivers to get the separation we need uh, to, to be able to, to score those points. So that's, that's really where I want to see some improvement and what I think will push this team over the top. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, it's a salary cap league. You don't have perfect uh, players in every position and you have to scheme around them. And I think we can mostly, but I, I unf- with it's weird as it sounds, with a quarterback that we have, I think scoring points is still going to be difficult for this team, and that is frustrating as hell. Let me let you in on a secret. Um, the Lions are going to score a lot more rushing touchdowns this year than they sure. have in the past. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and we, as a fan base, have become so accustomed to a massive percentage of our touchdowns being scored. Uh, via the pass, even when we weren't even doing that good a job of it, we were still scoring way more touchdowns via the pass than up by the run. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that changes this year, or at least yeah. that's the attempt. Yeah, to it's going to be that year. ball control, right? And and Jim Bob Cooter faked out um, ball control by waiting till three seconds left in the clock every time he snapped the ball because your time of possession was way higher because you're just running the clock down at the line of scrimmage. People would blame that Matt Patricia or sorry, Matt Stafford couldn't read the, uh, the defense and head trouble. No, 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 no. He's more comfortable. No, no. I guarantee that was a time of possession metric that Jim Bob Cooter was using that run, that long run on the clock to, to exploit that, to change the statistics because it, it, it's the old adage of any employee at any place. Tell me how I'll be measured and I'll tell you how I'll perform. That's it, right? And that's that's basically he was going to be measured on that, and that's what happened. I, I just really believe that. So I, I see this as a ten and sixteen, nine and seven. I don't I don't think, and even at seven and nine and eight and eight, I don't see Matt and Patricia being gone. Every coach gets three years. If we go one and fifteen, different ball of wax. No one gets three years again coming back and depleting a team like that. But that's not what's going to happen here. So. All right. So, well, hang, hang on, hang on. Um, because I'll say I, I, I agree that I don't think seven or nine or eight and eight will get Matt Patricia fired. Um, and if it does, it'll also get Bob Quinn fired. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any chance at all that if, if one or the other of them went this year, that the other one wouldn't also. 
Um, but I think that it would, if they went seven and nine or eight and eight, it would very much, very much depend on when in the season their losing happened. Because if they went on a massive losing streak at the end of the year, then talk to me again, because that's the kind of thing that gets a guy fired more so maybe than just an overall record. If it, if it happens when it, when it seems to matter more, then it's more important. I think that's unlikely just because I think this this team is built to uh, increase uh, their performance as the years go on as opposed to start off strong. Sure. Okay. All right, we'll move and on. To to that, hey, hey, sorry, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but but um, think about Mike McCarthy and how long he was in Green Bay. And that's exactly the same thing. They always started weak or struggling or whatever and finished strong, and that's how he kept his job as long as he did. Yep. Yep. No question about it. All right. So now if the Lions stay at number eight, which players would you be thrilled if they got them with that pick? And Case, why is your answer Kyler Murray? (laughs) I mean, the only guy who at this moment in time is like absolutely making me buzz with excitement is Allen. Uh, um, Josh Allen. And I still think it's probably going to be shocking if he falls to a state. There's quite a few guys I'd be happy with. Um, there's all these edges. Um, I, he, I'm not so much on the Ed Oliver train, but if they picked him, I would, I have enough trust in Quinn and Patricia that they would find a way to use him effectively. Um, I think that he does certainly have, you know, the potential. Be some a great problems player. tackling I've seen. Um, yeah, I've seen some film where I'm not super excited about Ed Oliver. Uh, working on some other stuff and really picking out uh, um, some highlights. It's been a little bit more disappointing. Can I, can I, I, can I flip ahead. the script? Can I say which player it would actually make me somewhat upset at this point? And I think that would make uh, that me even saying this will make some of our listeners upset. Sure, I can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would be upset if we took TJ Hawkinson at eight. Um, that is a definite change from where you used to be. Yep. Um, it's not that I don't think he might not be the best player available. It's that monetarily speaking, tight end is so much cheaper to fill than defensive end is. Yeah. Then edges. Yep. Then defensive line is. Then offensive Who line. Who cares if you've got your tight end on a rookie deal? That, that's exactly. And, you know, it almost sounds like you say that sarcastically, but I mean that. I mean, truly, I mean that. Like, yeah, no, no. Who cares I mean, if you have your defense? Who cares if you have your tight end? Because even if you get a, even if you get a, a Pro Bowl, an all pro tight end, that's super affordable. Like, but if you get if you get an edge player who is actually knocking it out of the park, the amount that saves your team mm-hmm. is massive, massive. The yeah. amount of money that you can do other things with that you wouldn't be able to do, you know, you could you could get a, you know the all pro if you saw if you managed to get a rookie all pro. Um, Edge player, a guy who does who reaches that level over his first two three seasons, 
then you could spend a shitload of money on a tight end and still be coming in under budget on what you would have to do if you went the other way around. If you took the if you got the all pro tight end and had to spend the money on a defensive end. Yeah. No, there's no question about it. It's all about economics. Everyone get your, your macro microeconomics textbooks out, reread them, maybe take a course or two, and it'll help you with your, your draft strategy. And if you're building a team for the long term. All right, let's take a look at a uh, great question here. Um, is Case ever going to join you when you do play <laughs> with the podcast on the Xbox? If so, will you stream it? Case, why are you such a loser? Why don't you ever play with me publicly? Um, the last, the last time that I played a first person shooter game, like in any meaningful way was probably Halo 2. I just don't do it. Um, I, I, I am at such a massive uh, disadvantage that I get frustrated and maybe we should just play guy um, person on person, just like with bots, you and me, and and, and we'll just talk. We'll shoot the shit. We'll let people join us. Why don't we do that? There you go. Uh, I'll I'll run I'll run you know do the uh, you know um, camp in a corner against the bots. Leroy Jenkins <laughs> and, and uh, let you clean up after me. All right, tell you what, we will put something together here in the next month or so after the draft. If we play if we if 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 we if I get you on and we play Civilization, will people watch it? Because it's kind of boring, but <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they actually may want to see me get done like that, but I don't want to see you get done like that. <laughs> um, no, we'll put something together and we'll, we'll maybe we'll just start up. Maybe we'll just do, we'll make it like truly a play with a podcast moment where we just open it up. We'll do some bots until, until people come in and we'll just have like a private match with everybody getting together and just shooting the shit and having some fun. And yes, we will stream it if we do something like that. You up for that case? Yeah, totally. All right, cool. We'll put something together here. Let, let's get through the draft because all the work we have heading up into the draft and then Case's affliction that he mentioned at the beginning of the show have, have really just, oh, and a job, have taken away all his time. All right. So uh, we've got to give Brett Kuzno some uh, some love for that. Uh, of course, Joey two times and uh, Samson68 on the Twitter for asking those questions. Thank you guys so much. All right. I'll uh, get back to this week in Reddit. Got to remind you about <laughs> Amazon. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com before you go to Amazon because you can click on an Amazon link there. It'll take you straight to the, the site. No funny stuff, no pop-ups, nothing like that. You buy all your Amazon stuff and say, God, this is great. I love ordering to my door. Two-day delivery. This is the best. And by doing it, I'm helping my best friends in the virtual world, Chris and Case. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Amazon link, and it'll take you straight there. And they give us a kickback, and you support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. And look at the... Oh, you can't look at these faces. You have to wait till you go to YouTube to see that. But it's great. It's worth it. All right, so we've been through that. Uh, really quick side note. I'm looking for someone who can get me a VPN out uh, server in Detroit. If you can help me out, I would be most, most appreciative. I'm trying to get unleashed from the shackles of direct TV. They're massively destroying me. And um, I just need a, uh, you know, I need someone who's got a great internet connection, maybe runs an ISP. They can get me a, a VPN gateway out uh, in Detroit and uh, you help me out there. I'll take care of you. We'll take care of each other. We'll make everybody happy. All right. But it, it, I, I really don't want to use somebody's home router setup just because 
I need 100% uptime on this. I can't mess it up. So thank you. Anyone who can help me out there, hit us. Hit me up at Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Okay. Um, key NFL dates for the Lions. They got some stuff coming up here. Did you know that there was key dates coming up, Case? Did you know that the Lions were actually doing some stuff and, and there was like stuff going on? Totally unaware. Whew. Okay. Let me talk about it. Um, Lions are going to begin workouts on April 15th. Did you hear about that? Big time, mm. dude. 25th mm. is the draft. Don't miss our damn party. It's a good, good time. The draft party. It'll be, uh, you can go to Detroit Lions Podcast to pick up the feed there. It'll also be on a YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast and click on uh, the subscribe link and then the little bell so that it notifies you when you go live. We'll be putting streams and stuff up, as I said, throughout the week as we go on. But uh, you want to check that out. Also, OTAs. These are a big deal. Oh, boy. May 20th through 21st. It's the week after I'm going to be in Detroit for a very special event. Um, people that you all know will be involved. And um, we'll, we'll talk about it more. But it's going to premiere at the training camp party. It's going to be freaking kick-ass. You guys are going to be blown the F away. We had so much going on. It's crazy. Um, and, and then also the 23rd, that's the first OTA. May 29th through 31st, that is the second OTA session. And then the 10th through the 3rd, Phase 3 of OTA offseason workouts. And before... Phase three is the mandatory minicamp June 4th through 6th. After the 13th of June, folks, it is scary time. There's going to be a couple times we take off there, uh, a little bit of break. And um, also, we're going to take a break next week, Case. I have to travel again. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And you have that affliction. I do. Hi, Emma. <laughs> All right. With that, that's uh, what we got for right now. We will keep at it. We will see you uh, next time. But... It's not over. It's never over because we're here for the Riz. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, what better guest than the Riz? The man, the myth, the mystery, the 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 brains behind the Lions Wire, the brawn behind the Browns Wire, the meat behind Real GM, <laughs> the Riz. How you doing, Rizden? Good to talk to you, brother. The meat. <laughs> That's the best introduction I've ever had. You are the meat. <laughs> you saw yeah, Porky's, right? Style chili. That's awesome. Did you ever I'd see the, the sausage? You remember Porky's, right? That was your, one of your yes. youth movies, right? The, oh meat? yes, that was the best. He was so hilarious. Oh man, my grandpa took me to see Porky's in the theater when I was like eleven. I love my, grandpa. my grandpa. Was awesome. He was awesome. He took me to see Rambo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my grandma wouldn't go with him, so he he wouldn't go to movies alone. So I got to see all these R-rated movies when I was a kid. That's it's awesome. Sweet. That grandpa is. Was it's kind of the foundation that made us who we are, right? It really is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about it. There's a lot of stuff going on. The draft, of course, is a hot topic right now. We're not going to be here next week. we got a week off. We've, we, we've got other things going on. I'm traveling around. I'm going down to Rat Town in Orlando. But the big question right now is about Bob Quinn, okay? Is he going to trade up? Is he going to trade down? I think more people are talking about trading oh down. Everybody wants God. to trade down. Like, it's like, like, oh, that's all. That's all I had to do is trade down. Oh, that's that. Wow. Was, that I should have done that so long. That's easy stuff. Um, let's talk about that. First off, let's just start with trading up because I feel like it's like the least likely possibility of what we're going to do. Trading it, up would be tough. Who, who are you what? going for? You're going for Kyler Murray? <laughs> you got to get up the one for that. As <laughs> um, freaky as that might be, I, I do think he's going number one. Yeah, I do too. Um, I You could go up for Josh Allen if he doesn't go two or three or even four. 
because I think you can get up to five. Um, and keep in mind the Raiders own the Raiders are picking. They have three first round picks, so they're probably not all that interested in getting extra stuff. So. Right, right. But if you can move up to, let's say Josh Allen's there at six, which could happen, and you want to vault and, and make sure that nobody trades with the Jaguars or the Jaguars don't take him. I don't think they would, but they, they have myriad other needs. You can package, remember the Lions have two six, two sevens. You can package eight and those two extra picks and maybe a third or a fourth next year and move up. That's very realistic. That could happen. Um, I, I don't know what the trade chart values is. By the way, and, and we're going to run. We're going to run this on tomorrow on uh, on Lionswire, the the official draft chart. Right, right. It's crap. The, the, <laughs> nobody follows the draft chart value. They are antiquated. Right, um, they're from they, uh, Jimmy Johnson, right? Way back yes, in the that's, day. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. They're they're from Jimmy Johnson from about eleven CBAs ago, <laughs> and and uh, the dynamics of things have changed quite a bit, and uh, so teams don't necessarily value the top picks as high as they used to, and they do value the lower picks more mm-hmm. in general, to to a point. Right. But but that would probably get it done if you want to move up. They could move up, and uh, if they are really hell-bent on getting Montez Sweat and make sure that Tampa Bay doesn't take him at five, and I don't think they will. I think the Bucks are taking taking uh, Devin White, um, and everybody in Tampa seems to think that too and sure. yep. in that area. Yeah, you, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. The other name I have heard them after is Montez Sweat, and if Bob Quinn has his heart set on Montez Sweat, and he very well might, uh, he would probably have to move up to five or four, and that could involve moving your first this year, and you send the third, which you've already acquired from New England, um, because we don't have our original third. Uh, so there's, yeah, it's it's wonky, but that, think, that would probably get it done. Do you think Sweat fits the character profile for Quinn? I feel like I feel like it's a keep away from him. I just don't. It, great player, it, right? Great player, but I just don't see him biting on it. The thing that I heard from people who know the Mississippi State program well was that he was an entitled knucklehead in high school. That's, that's, that's the exact oh, words okay. that were used. Right. And, and it carried over into his first, first year, year and a half of college. But since then, he's sort of gotten that knocked out of him and grown out of him. Yeah, sure. Okay, that, that, that's good to hear. Now, yeah. were you an entitled knucklehead in high school? I was not and I was not in, I was a knucklehead. I was certainly not entitled. Yeah, okay, okay. Same 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 ball. Dude, I, I was I was a new kid twice in high school. That sucked. I was not entitled whatsoever. Oof, oof. Yeah. No, I was I was the old kid forever, but I was definitely a knucklehead. It was it was it was great to be a knucklehead. So All right. So no, you can grow out of that. I didn't. Yes, but you yes, can. Yes, you can. Um, a lot of people have, you know, they they there there are a couple of of entitled knuckleheads that are on the lions now who are no longer that way thankfully yeah, yeah that's good to see so all right so the moving up is is it's of limited it, it could happen it, it could happen and i wouldn't say that it won't but i wouldn't bet on it yeah okay we'll say it's limited now yeah. trading down everybody this is the best oh one. my god everybody's like oh yeah just trade down right right Riz? let's just do it so why why is it that everyone like in the league seems to think it's so hard to trade down just trade down just say um i don't know washington you're taking washington, eight so, you're, so washington's at 15 right they want to they want to move up to eight yeah let's say you're no, washington they don't need because- to want to you're, you're getting it all wrong yeah. i'm just going to trade down don't you understand i'm trading down <laughs> Somebody's got to go off, Chris. What? Wait, wait. Now it's just, just crazy talk, Chris. Somebody Why does anybody listen to, to you? Want, somebody <laughs> has to want to rise up. In this draft, that's a tough sell. Okay, let's let's use Washington as an example because they're picking 15. Sure. 
they are a team that is mentioned as moving up because if they want the second quarterback, they want to ensure that they get the second quarterback. Mm-hmm. They probably need to move up. They probably need to get ahead of Jacksonville, but probably not too. But the, if they really wanted to guarantee it, they'd have to move up above the Lions. That's let's say they don't. Let's say they want to get in front of Denver, who's at ten. Denver going to take Drew Locke for better or worse. Right, right. I don't know why, but the, <laughs> that seems to be what they're going to do. If you want Drew Locke and you're Washington, and I don't know why you would, but Let's say they would. Detroit is a trading partner. What's Washington going to give you? They have four firsts. Because <laughs> you're trading you, down. Didn't you hear it? That's how you get they value. Will give you your, they will give you a first and third this year and probably a third next year to move up for that. Or you can take one of their crappy oft-injured players that they are trying to dump, like Josh Doxson, as an right, example. Right, right. And, and I would actually be very interested in that because I think Doxson can still play. Uh, assuming that he has legs still attached to his body, which may or may not be true. Right, right. He's hurt a lot. We need recent yeah. video. Hold hold up the today's paper so we yes, know. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Those hostage deals. Yeah. Although Bob Quinn does show propensity for liking guys with injuries. Um, he so. seems to like bad cornerbacks. That's oh my god. What's going on with that man? We'll we'll do the tangent. I'll I'll put a tangent in here. They had Jamel Dean in today. Um, as we're recording this, sure. uh, he or actually he'll be in tomorrow. He wasn't there today. Um, he will be there tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, when most of you will watch this or, and, and see this and hear this. Um, Jamel Dean is a cornerback from Auburn who did not play football from 2013 through 2016 because he tore his meniscus not once but twice. Also tore his ACL. He played two seasons at Auburn. He he is a physical freak when his physicality works. He's six feet tall, 206 pounds. He runs a flat 4-3-40. He doesn't have very good technique, as you would expect for a guy who missed four years of football. Oh, he can he can turn and run with anybody, but the fact that he has to turn and run with people is a bit of a problem. He is he definitely has, ready to be coached up. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. He has, he has very intriguing physical potential, and he played very well against Alabama to his credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back and watch him play against Mississippi State. Watch him play against Ole Miss, where DK Metcalf made him his bitch. Um, that's yeah. There's 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 problems there. Yeah, um, yeah. And AJ Brown too, for that matter. A lot of good receivers at, at Ole Miss. So I'm not. I, I, I the, the guy's had two meniscus surgeries. I, I don't. I I can't do that. I just can't. It's like Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. He's off my draft board. You, we saw what a list Frank injury did to Amir Abdullah. When you are that heavily dependent on explosiveness and, and lateral agility and things like that, you tear, you, you get that list Frank, you're done. I mean, look at uh, Amir's done. He, yeah. He, he, yeah. I mean, he's going to make the team and he, he won't play much for, for Minnesota. They're, they're actually trying to get, get rid of him for what I understand. Right. He, I, I don't understand the infatuation with people doing that. Bob Quinn included. I just, ugh. Stay away. Stay away. So you're saying trade up to number three so we ensure we get Dean? Is that what I heard? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Do it. So so what's the viability of of, of trading down? We'd say everybody wants to. Is there any chance? My silliness aside. You can trade back realistically two or three spots, and it will happen. Um, And that is getting an extra third or fourth. Um, probably a fourth and maybe a seventh. Boy, uh, we could not, certainly use a third though, right? I mean, especially that would, that that early would probably in the draft. be what Quinn would ask for. Let's yeah. say um let's say who's at, who's at eleven? Uh eleven is Cincinnati. 
of course. Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati will, they will deal. Um, and they could be very well be in the market for a quarterback as well. So let's say they really want to ensure that they get Dwayne Haskins or <laughs> Daniel Jones. I can't. I can't say Daniel Jones is the first with a straight face. He's not as good as Matt Castle. People are going to take him in the top twenty. Oh my god! It's something, isn't it? I mean, really. I mean, it really what, is. It this, really is. He's not good, people. He's really not good. And even, I mean, I, I've seen oh. some. Um, oh, what was it? God, I forget his name. P. P. A. H. Parnell Parump. <laughs> Parump. I'm thinking of California. Um, I gotta look him up here for my my uh, senior bowl list. This the tight end, Donald Parham. Donald Parham, Parham from yeah, St- yeah, the big six eight guy. Yeah, yeah, six, yeah, yeah. Two thirty eight. Yeah, top forty percent as far as body type. Um, um, Kent uh, Platt had tweeted his RAS score right and and showed it. Yeah, looked and, and and said he looked really really good. But man, when I was watching him there at senior bowl, it was there was just nothing. And and I'm starting to wonder. I'm not starting to wonder, but I've been continuously wondering if I've undervalued so many pass catchers because of how absolutely ass the quarterback class was. They just could not put a ball anywhere. These guys are these giant wingspans. They couldn't put a ball, you know, it within that range. And I'm wondering, am, am I wrong here? Am I wrong here? Or is he um, no. better than what people think? Uh, he, he might be a little bit better than, than what people think. Um, the the guy who really gets impacted by that, if you, if you wanna if you wanna go to to wide receivers who got short sold by having terrible quarterback play, Nikhil Harry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arizona State did not have good quarterback play, uh, so he's he's one of them. And that's how we picked up Galladay, right? Um, he was a guy who had so, a yes. whole string of crappy and quarterbacks. But- Illinois, they had a middle linebacker playing quarterback for two point. games his junior year. <laughs> right, <laughs> he went through four. He he got, he caught passes from six different quarterbacks. Right, and not one of them anybody could remember right. their name. Even Let's the guy who coached them. Right, Stephon Diggs was that way. That's how yeah. Minnesota got him so late. Because remember, Maryland played five. They started five quarterbacks his junior year. Yeah, yeah. It happened. That do, that does matter. Yeah, yeah. So we'll take a look. We'll see what happens going on. Okay. So we we've talked about the viability going up now. Where where do you think we're going to do? What do you think the reality is for the Lions? What should we expect? Are we sitting at eight and, and drafting at number eight? I am so insider tip here. We pre-write things, especially for the draft. <laughs> I have already pre-written who the Lions are picking at number eight, and Eric Slit will verify this because he has access to the same the same back backstory thing. Um, and I wrote it. I wrote it today. Um, so if it comes true, then I will be super prescient, and I'll be I'll be happy. And, do, well, do, do, I, I wouldn't necessarily be all that happy with the player. Right. I would be happier if it were other players. But <sighs> and I have them with the number eight pick, the Detroit Lions take. Is it at, at, at Oliver? It is not at Oliver. Okay, I don't think he's going to be there. Okay, I'm, and that is part of the reason why I chose the player that I did. Okay, I'm not, I'm not really excited with that myself. I've seen I'm starting to see some some chinks in that armor that I don't like, and it's it's making with me that Oliver. Nervous. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's really raw, as is what I, I'm getting, and he, I've seen him blast back by tackles and 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 miss a lot of tackles that he shouldn't, and it's starting. To, it's got me a little worried. Yeah, the the thing to remember is that the Lions were one of the teams that wanted to work him out at linebacker, mm-hmm. and having him be essentially Trey Flowers, who can play that linebacker role, who can play either end. Sure, I think that is incredibly appealing. Okay. 
is a he's a precious but no sack guy. That's the fear. Well, he is. <laughs> he, well, some of that is playing nose tackle too, but he is also a. And I don't. I really don't want this to be interpreted in a negative way. He is a. He is not going to appeal personally on a, on like a, a relatable level to everyone, and that includes coaches. Mm-hmm. He is his own individual. And for the right coach, it will be brilliant. For the wrong coach, probably not. And the guy that he often gets compared to as in NFL comparisons is John Randall, who's in the Hall of Fame. Right, John Randall right. was not an easy guy to coach either. He was a very peculiar person. And I think that's probably the best way to say it about Ed Oliver. It's, it, it's not a negative. Sure. It's, he, he's not going to be for everybody. And I, will that be Patricia? I, I, I don't know on that. And I've got to take a digression. I'm sorry. How would you would you describe Cushing from the Texans and his, outside of the, the the juicing thing? Would would, you, would he be a difficult guy to coach as well? Yes, yes. <laughs> but but for the right guy, like like Pete Carroll, who had him in college, right, right. Pete Pete loved him. Missile absolutely, absolutely loved him. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Here, go eat, go 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 take this playoff and eat your almonds. <laughs> I'll never forget that in Texans yeah. training camp. Yeah. He sat out a rep so he could eat eat, eat three almonds. Yeah. He had them in the pocket of his pants. So he he, he sat three. because he, he had an exact time for the exact amount of calories and nutrients that he needed in his body. Three sweaty almonds, just so you yes. know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk it about. Fucking nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, after all the juice that he did that's probably all the nuts that were left in his pants um no! let's talk about sorry i couldn't i couldn't I, I don't know where that stuff comes from man it just pops out it's a little bit of a Tourette's i guess i don't know all right let's talk about the <laughs> the message that bob quinn's sending because he's been talking up really hard about trading down he i've has. heard that and of course we're starting to get to smoke screen season and all that but i bob quinn is always surprised but in the end i feel like he hasn't bullshit Right. He hasn't been smoke screening his way through it. It's been like, oh, no, wow. He, he kind of did what he said, though, didn't he? Right. I mean, that's kind of the sense I get out of him. So is, is this I more think, true? Than I it? think I think he would like to trade down. Uh, I don't think he wants to trade down too far. And and this is a conversation that I've had um, with Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. We had it. We have a very lengthy DM on this about the value of earning a top 10 pick and then giving away the shot at the premium talent versus getting more picks right are the lions and 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 we actually talked about the lions in this context he's a dolphins guy um so he talked about in the dolphins context too they need more picks dolphins dolphins need more bodies the lions don't necessarily need more bodies they need impact bodies the right bodies right so if you stay at eight you have a better chance of getting that impact guy and you would won't necessarily need those extra guys down the line, and, and that's that's the gist of the conversation that Kyle and I have had. Sure, um, he, he's different with that on the Dolphins. The Dolphins need they need a lot of bodies because their their roster's bad. Sure, so yeah. so he would so if you're the Dolphins, you would probably be more inclined to trade down because you don't necessarily have the the need for one specific impact player. Right. Where I think the Lions. We might not think that, but I think the Lions think that that is like they can get that one guy and, and it will make them. It's the difference between them finishing, you know, seven and nine and the, and the difference between them finishing 11 and five because it, it just does so many different things for them. So let me put on my wrist translator, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the more uh, bodies you need, the more likely you're looking for BPA and more picks, right? Right. 
Um, the more impact specific players you're looking for, you want a higher draft pick, really, because you want to pick the guy at the position exactly. you need. Right? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yes. No, that, that makes sense. That makes good sense for the team. Now, and now, the, if you're a team, if you're a proponent of the Lions trading down, you need to find a team that is picking 11 to 17 is probably about as far. You can probably go to 18, maybe 20. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's at 20. They, they're not going to move up. They just, that's not what they do. But you need a team that sees it the same way, that we need one impact player. And that guy's going to be there at eight. And the guys that we would get at 20 just aren't going to be there. And it's worth us giving up whatever we need to to move up there. Those are the teams you need to look at for moving up. Is Washington one of those teams? Probably not. Miami? No. Um, But who's who's picking in that range that that could go up? Uh, that's, That's the hard part. That's where you have to find... You know, who fi- who thinks that they're one impact player away from moving up? That's the team that you will target to trade back with. Right. But then you're also acknowledging that you're not one of the teams that thinks that one player is going to do it for them. You're, you're diametrically opposed because the teams that are drafting later typically want to pick that one body. Right. Right. And the teams right. that are drafting earlier want to pick, you know, more bodies. So you right. you, you need to move a, di- a relatively decent distance in order to, to find the right, the exactly. right kind of like, thing. We're looking to- for that body, though. We're at that position right. where we want that specific choice of a right. player. Look at the, the couple of the big trades that moved up. Remember when the Falcons moved up for Julio Jones? Right. They gave up two firsts and a second and a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those, and the Browns botched every single one of the picks, which is fun. Um, but then um, the, the Browns also got a plethora of resources from the Houston Texans when they went up to get Deshaun Watson. Yep. That was very worthwhile for, for Houston, it was very worthwhile for Atlanta. I think the Chiefs fans are pretty darn happy that they moved up considerably to get Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it seems like they'd be happy to yeah. have for sure. Yeah. He seemed so, to be having fun at the Final Four, didn't he? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy's got it, man. Yeah. I and love the other, that guy. The other I one, love that guy. Yeah. He, he, he looks like he's, he's, he's living his best life. Um, another team that did the move, um, the Bears from Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to put it in there. I'll drink to that. Yeah. That's my second favorite to the Laramie Tunsil gas mask oh moment. <laughs> I love draft day. Can't wait to see what happens. You played time. yourself, meme. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot of draft people coming up. You got to keep your eyes open for those new jerseys. Or if you want to kind of keep in with the, the, the old star that you don't want to be an OG. Alliance supporter, you know what you do. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, click on the Fanatics link, and go get yourself a sweet-ass jersey of the player of your choice. You can hold out till after the draft, or why not get one now and after the draft so you have the new and the old, and you can say, oh, whoa, 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 I'm not a bandwagon guy. I've been here, right? You can do both at the same time. Have a good time. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head over to Fanatics from there. Uh, click on the link from our site, and uh, they'll give us a kickback, and uh, we'll thank you for that. So thank you, everyone who's done it now already, and all you people who are doing it now, thank you, too. Great way to support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. Right, Riz? Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the CBA. There was a huge break on, uh, breaking news from the NFL today. Uh, briefly talked about it with Case earlier. Um, they announced that the um, the Players Association, the NFL executives, and a whole number of other folks are uh, met today, and they talked, and they have uh, committed to meeting again. Is this really just a, hey, let's get a reason to order the beef tenderloin so we can write them off and we'll talk more later? I mean, it seems... <laughs> Someone Troy Vincent is cursing at you. Yeah. 
what's going on here, man? It's, it's I, look. Are. I know it's a lot to talk about, but it's early. It seems on on what is a big deal. It maybe take that takes that long. My very rough take on it is that they are trying to give the illusion that they're trying. <laughs> yeah, and they know nothing's going to happen till late, right? That's oh, part God, of the negotiation. No, no nothing is going to happen. So the the CBA is up after the twenty twenty season. Yes, yes. That is almost exactly two years from now um, because the league year ends in mid-March. March, yep. So they will play that Super Bowl um, in, two, in 2021, um, and hopefully the Lions will be in it. That would be, we'll be nice. We'll have one. That would be very nice yeah, yeah, it, yeah. because it might be the last one we see for a while because that's when the negotiations will really start is after that Super Bowl. There's about a six-week period between the Super Bowl, which is less than that. It's like a month yeah. between them and the end of the league year. And that's when the contract expires. That's when the negotiations, that's when you can start paying attention to them because yeah. before then you're going to hear a lot of things. It's all, it's, it's, it's the same thing as, as the Iowa primary that's coming up for, for the election. There's going to be like 20 different candidates there. And you know, you know that like, like I live in Michigan by the time Michigan votes, you know, nine months later for the candidates, there's going to be four of them. That'll be a whole different field. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so many different things will happen to it that it'll get bastardized and changed. And here's what you need to know. The owners want to keep as much money as they can. And the players want to get as much cash as they can. I think player safety probably plays in there a little bit, right? They did show some inkling towards being more cognizant of that in the last one. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that will, will come about. Uh, but one of the other things that they did, um, well, one of the, the things that they did in the name of player safety was they cut back on hitting in practice. They cut back on contact in practice, things like that. And they realized now, at least from, from what I gather, that that's probably not good for the product. And the product is suffering because of that. So where are they going to find a meet in the middle there? Where are they going to find a compromise point on that? Yeah. Because the player safety does matter. And I love that the players are more cognizant now of what's going to happen with their post-football life. You hear that a lot more, a lot more with the players now. Uh, Glover Quinn talked about it quite a bit. You know, TJ Lang retired because of that. That's awesome. We're, we're glad TJ Lang retired. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we, love, we love TJ Lang. We love watching him play football. Yes. But we also, yes. like, we, we also love TJ Lang. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I think that that will play into it. But will it be, is it worth giving away half a percent of, of total revenue? Can Maybe. I, can I put a, another spin on it of what, yeah, what I think is going to be, what's going to be a topic? I think yeah. streaming rights and the money from the streaming rights is going to be a big thing because they haven't done it. They haven't done it well. That's for sure. Um, the Sunday no. ticket thing has owned it. And uh, I made a plea for friends with a VPN to help me out uh, <clears throat> this year. Isn't earlier in the show, uh, but <laughs> but the uh, the Sunday ticket is. I mean, you have to sign on with Satan in order to to be able to get that, and it's killing me. I want I want to I want to ban Satan from my life, and uh, and 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 get my lions a different way because it's a mess. NHL is great. Um, uh, MLB is, is great. Awesome. Yeah, MLB yeah. is great. NBA yeah. is great. Why does the NFL do this? Why do they continuously hurt themselves? I think that that licensing and who gets how much out of that is probably going to be a big piece of this because I think the way the licensing work is or works is 
the owners will see it as a way to offset some of the extra costs that the players mm-hmm. are going to want to extract from them. And it's a new yeah. revenue stream to help do that. And the players and the players association is going to say, you know what? Yeah, that is, but we want a chunk of that stream too. So you're not going to get that whole ball of wax. So we'll see. Yeah, that's definitely coming. I think the, there is a lot of push from some owners, um, owners who have more popular national profile teams. Like the lions. Um, um, probably not the lions. Oh, sorry. We are the Lions fans. That's that's one of the reasons why we love each other because we know that we're 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 punching uphill all the time. That's that's right. <laughs> I, th- I think some of the national owners would like to do away with having yes, having all thirty two teams divide everything equally. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Jerry Jones would love to know the fact that the Cowboys bring in roughly nine percent of all league revenue. Um, but they have to share it and they, they get less than, than 3% of it. Let me bring out an idea that isn't an absolutely new idea, but that you bring a great point, right? Okay. So the bigger teams want a bigger chunk of the revenue, right? Okay. So what are you going to do? You got to be a better team while well, you're fighting the salary cap. You got some other things at the same time. You got the Alliance of American football. Who's, who's ready to close doors Rest and you, you kind of need a spring league, right? What about the concept of relegation? Oh, that would be fun, right? (laughs) I'm all for it. Suddenly, the problem is is that the Lions would be in danger in specific time. Yeah, Uh, the Browns, the other team I cover, would be relegated because they picked number one two years in a row. Right, right. I think the way that you would do it was if you pick in the top five, if you have one of the five worst records three years in a row, you go down. Right, and then the best for five would come up. Right, yeah. That that interesting interesting concept. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just kind of occurred, but right that makes for some really really interesting kind of stuff, and it makes for one hell of a kind of minor league. uh, And and that is another thing that will be definitely discussed in the CBA, if the especially if the XFL really forces the issue. And I don't think that the XFL is going to be any more viable than the AAF. Myself, that's just my opinion. You're right, but they're happening at the right time. They have the right right. time where the CBA is on their side. Where exactly? Vince McMahon, as stupid as he is, is not stupid. No, (laughs) no, no. I I I agree, Uh, and I'm confused with what I'm agreeing with, but I agree. <laughs> but you're right. No, no, absolutely. And it may be that the XFL isn't as good of a product. It may be better. Who knows, right? I mean, it has a history, so you can easily paint it with something, right? But right. it's coming at the right time to be the one that just happens to dumb luck itself into that kind of secondary league and, and that supporting mm-hmm. league. So very, very interesting. Um, okay, good. I, th- I appreciate that, uh, Riz. I know it's breaking news and there's not a lot going on, but we were able to have, I think, a pretty pretty relevant discussion around it. I mean, you're, you're good for that. You're one of those smart guys. I, can, uh, I, I actually wind up talking up. about the CBA a lot, um, like behind the scenes with people. Sure. Um, sure. That's, that's one of the things when, when you talk to agents right now and they're talking about contracts, that's one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of guys who are signing two or three year deals with all the money in year two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, that's, that's, that's really important and that's going to change, right? I mean, yes. Next year's free agency will be very different. You'll see a ton of guys and teams looking for one-year deals. Wouldn't it be because smart? They don't want to be committed on that because what happens if the, the revenue percentages change? What happens if there's a holdout and I still have to pay this guy guaranteed money because that they do have to pay guaranteed money? That's guaranteed. Yeah. What happens, <laughs> what happens if a team was on its way to really be competitive and mm-hmm. the teams around them 
were were you know they they were where they were and had to maintain competitiveness but they didn't have cap and you were able to carry cap over from one season to the next what would that what kind of advantage would that give you maybe in a year like that how much cap do we have left over uh-huh. uh we're at what 20 i don't know what we we signed somebody today we're going to talk about that in a second um i don't know what he signed for but i'm guessing we still have probably north of 22 million yeah. at least yeah carryover cap was i think means a lot more this year going into next year especially oh, with free yeah. free agency and, and yes. the smart team may be in a position to use that so all right let's move on really quick Riz, I want to talk and thank you for all your support on the St. Jude piece. I saw you bounce around in your shirt. You looked, uh, you looked. Very I did, sexy. man. I, you, I, you got that look, man. You carry it well. You carry the brand well. <laughs> and as somebody nicely said, and it was a dude, so I'm a little scared about that, but it, it really brought out the color in my eyes nicely. I noticed that myself. Yeah. So, so thanks. <laughs> no, that's great. So thanks for buying it. Dollar the shirt went to St. Jude. Everything right, we man. got goes to St. Jude and all these things. We have Patreon for the month of April. Everything that we would normally take taken home to help support the cast. That's going. Uh, my $500 donation went in just this last month. We just put that in our transparency report. That's on Detroit Lions podcast.com. You can see everyone who donated every penny, how it was, how it came in, where it came from, how it was distributed. Uh, same thing from the PayPal. Everything goes in throughout the month of April. We have a great auction going on. Did you see that I prevail has a signed I guitar? I love that the signed guitar is up. That's going to get a couple of bids from me. Yeah. yeah. I am, I am, <laughs> their new album just smokes. I love it. They've got a merch pack that includes the album and vinyls hoodies sweatshirts tickets it's 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 a sweet sweet deal so that's that's out it's, there it's as well awesome and yep. and they're going to be in grand rapids in august yeah um, just saying come on come i'm, out, I'm come trying on to work it out Riz, so i can join you i hope i don't bother you the old man with the old man holding hands <sighs> cheering yeah. on screaming bow down <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no. So good stuff. And and so there's the direct donation. There's the shirts, like we were talking about, a dollar from every shirt, shirt sold. Uh, good stuff. We got some other uh, items in the in this merch store as well. But the, it's the shirts that a dollar from each one of those goes to the uh, St. Jude fundraiser under the Run Rich Run banner. We're trying to get fans to help those sick kids. So get in, get involved, do your part, help us out, help us to help those kids and those families of those kids get better. And it, the little one incentive we talked about, we've got the the Zach Zenner shirt. The, the, it's, a, it's a big winner. I love Zach Center. It's it's available in, in in female form. It's available in the male form as well. You can get either style, whichever you like, whatever fits you the best. And um, we're having Zach Zenner Day, the day of the party at training camp. We're trying to get as many people as we can in those. I love Zach Zenner shirts. There, we're gonna flip some players out. You know, they're used to seeing the the Stafford jerseys or maybe That's some right. Diggs jerseys, right? <laughs> and a bunch of people with these these I hard They're gonna be like, if we can get like like fifty of <laughs> us and and for those of you who have been to camp with us before you know I, I hide in the media tower but chris is over there a man of the people with all kinds of people around him and and uh it, it, it's a good time yeah yeah it's a it's a riot and uh so yeah it's gonna be zach's another day and then that night will be the party and uh good we have at least one big guest coming to that party we'll talk about that a little bit later uh as we get closer yes. But um, that party's going to be a big, big deal, and um, it'll it's, be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be worth your time coming to it. Yep. For sure. Zach Zenner Day. It's a big deal. Get your I Love Zach Zenner shirts. Get them now. A dollar to St. Jude for every one of them sold. You're going to want it later for the party. You're going to want it for the training camp day. Just get it now so you can help the kids and help the families. All right. 
Dude, cancer kids, man. That's I can't imagine. I can't fathom that. No, as as a parent, I, it, it, that's that's what killed me with this whole thing. Watch, I was it was I had a week yeah. off. I was traveling, right? I'm sitting in the yeah. hotel room by myself, and you get a little homesick, but you you get used to it a little bit, you know, traveling or whatever. And I'm sitting there, and they're and and Eisen's doing his thing and talking about the families and the kids and the worst news you ever get. And it just like it was like I got a gut punched. I'm like I got to do yeah. something, man. I got to do something here. Yeah. So. We're both blessed with healthy kids. Yeah. Thank God. Yep. Yep. But for those who aren't, man, you got you got to help out those people. Far more normal than I ever was. Thank goodness. Yeah. All right. All right. Last last piece, Riz, we'll talk about. This is a segment I love to bring up every now and then because I, I, I love poking you like this. And, and you're a fun guy, so you can handle it. Was Riz right or was Riz wrong? Ooh. Oh, and, yeah. And you're kind of both here. So I, I'm going to let oh. you kind of be the arbiter of your own right or wrong here. Um. <laughs> The Lions signed Tom Savage, and in I one called of, it. You called it last year, though. <laughs> you called it last year. I did, I so did. I don't know if you were in a time machine. That's what my rum runners happen to be is a time machine because like I, oh, I'll be drinking them, and the my. next thing you know, it's the next morning. But it's <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> um, were you right or wrong, or was, how do you how do you I'm gonna let you, how do you call this? You'll be our local referee to call it on yourself. What do you think? So, I had a very good idea last year, and I know that the Lions looked at him last year. So he was the so we'll rewind a bit. He was the Houston Texans starting quarterback at the beginning of the 2017 season. Yep. I covered the Texans that year. Um, I covered them the year before that as well. Um, so I knew that George Godsey was a huge Tom Savage fan. So we will rewind to the summer of 2017 when they had Deshaun Watson. They had made a big move up to get him. George Godsey, who became oh. the Lions guy, loved Tom Savage so much that he convinced Bill O'Brien that Tom Savage needed to be the starting quarterback for that year. So I thought, you know, and I put these, I put these pieces together myself, but I had backing from people in Houston who said this too, mm-hmm. was that the Lions were going to sign Tom Savage and he's going to be your backup quarterback because there was an opening there. Right, right. For 2018. He signed with the Saints instead because they offered a lot more money than what the Lions were offering him. Sure. Have that on very good authority. So they signed him today. I don't know what he signed for, but let's just say the market wasn't as strong this year for Tom. <laughs> um, so and and his so Sean Ryan, who took over for George Godsey, is now in Detroit. He was not a huge savage guy, but he also wasn't opposed to him. Right. So I will say that I was right. I was just a year off. Okay. Um, okay. And I and I will say this, and and uh, so the person who who referenced this to me yesterday, uh, when he told me that there was a fair chance that Tom Savage was going to be in Detroit and looking to sign, um, that it, it's not surprising that he's here. Let's put it that way. I was not at all surprised. Um, I was actually at my son's basketball practice when the news dropped, but I I wasn't at all surprised that it happened. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that makes and sense. it's. Um, so, so I'll give you a, I'll give you my brief my brief take on Tom Savage, and I'm writing this up later, um, and I might actually record a video with it too. So everybody knows Tom Savage from the Week One 2017, where he got sacked. What was it? Five times in the first three drives, uh, and that <laughs> that ushered in the Deshaun Watson era. <laughs> okay, that he was awful. There is no question that w- that was one of the worst. Uh, he he left at halftime. That was one of the worst quarterback halves I've ever seen from anybody not named Nate Peterman. And ironically enough, Nate Peterman took over for Tom Savage at Pittsburgh. Um, Something in the water there. 
Yeah. The rest of his Texans time, and I'll go specifically to that preseason, he was better than Deshaun Watson in that preseason. I remember that. I remember we, that was a season we were doing the NFL podcast together. I remember yes. talking about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right. He <laughs> had a string where he completed 27 out of 28 passes and was sharp and crisp. He has a good arm. He cannot move at all. That, that's the biggest problem. And if you get pressure in his face, which happened, um, and, and by the way, the, the, the Texans' offensive tackles from that, um, they're not playing football anymore. So, well, <laughs> uh, that, that, that line was so – I can't believe how bad that line was. Ode Ibushi was was not there in, in, anymore for that. So, like a non-mobile quarterback seems perfect for a Daryl Bevel offense. So, so he, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and he doesn't handle pressure well. He will panic. He is a guy, if his first read is open, he's going to slice you up. No question about it. He, he has that ability. If his first read isn't open and there's pressure on him, you might be chasing an interception. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of guy he is. He is streaky with his accuracy and as a passer, he's not, he's not bad. He is not a bad quarterback, Sure, but he is not a starting quarterback. Right. You can do worse as a backup quarterback. The Lions have done worse as a backup quarterback. Last we loved Dan Orlovsky. He was not good. Mm-hmm. We loved Matt. Well, we didn't really love Matt Castle. He wasn't good either. No. <laughs> Jake Rudock, no. Tom Savage is better at this point than all of those guys were at the, their last Lions tenure. But the real question is. I will is, say that for him. The real question is, is about the heating up. You can already feel the flames coming out of Allen Park in the battle between Connor Cook and Savage. I mean, this is this is something that's just going to be. What, is it weird what, that I'm really excited to watch that? Like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> this is the kind of epic tales that you can expect from a, a story like Game of Thrones, right? This is the kind of. <laughs> there's going to be a red wedding in late July in Allen I'm Park. I'm not there yet, man. So, 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 so I just started watching Game of Thrones yesterday. I've seen the first four episodes, and I'm like, why do people get obsessed about this? I don't know. Other than, other than the gratuitous casual nudity, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it definitely helps. I'll tell you what it was for me, and just on this on this digression here. Um, it took me about the first season to get it, to kind of okay. get it, right? I was like, it's it's interesting. It's intriguing. I'm not sitting here loving it like people were. After yeah, the first season, though, I was like, oh, this is good. And and right now, okay. I am chomping at the bit for this this finale. I'm really excited to see it. It's very, very good, well done. It's it's always so epic, though, right? And you have to be ready for epic when you're doing it and, and like, huge. It's, yeah, it's see, great. See, it, it, it's background fodder for me because that, that I'm, I'm working throughout the day. So it's on TV, and I it'll hold my attention for a little while. Oh, um, the new DCs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some of I, I think the acting is very good. Now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Sean Bean fan, so sure. I, I like seeing him. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, he apparently dies later on. Spoiler alert. You've <laughs> just ruined the whole show for millions of people. Sorry. Well, I mean, there's a quarter. I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyway, so that's I, I am looking forward to that quarterback battle. And I hate to say it, but I do think that signing Tom Savage does sort of eliminate the need for the Lions to draft a developmental quarterback. Yeah. Um, not that I was, I, you know, I like Tyree Jackson. Um, he's a local kid here in West Michigan. I've watched him at Buffalo a lot. I got the impression that the Lions were not all that high on him mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. But he, he's not, he's not accurate. Um, he's not mobile, contrary to popular opinion, just because he's big 
and, and African-American and fairly athletic. He's not a mobile quarterback. Hmm. He can tuck and run if he needs to, but that's not what he wants to do. Um, he's more mobile than Dwayne Haskins, who is Philip Rivers reincarnated. Um, that, that's my official comparison, by the way. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, he's going to be more mobile than Savage, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, savage, Savage. Always knee deep in the mud, oh, my yes. friend. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, Tom Savage, look, he's better than other options that were out there. He's better than Matt Castle. Yeah. He's better than Kellen Moore was. He's better than Jake Rudock. Not a lot, not enough that I would ever want to see him play, but. Yeah. But if you yeah. have to, if it's it comes down to if you need a guy for the last five minutes of a game not to lose it for you, who's the best guy not to he, lose it He can for you? probably do that most weeks. <laughs> most weeks. Um, As the Tom Savage news broke in the subreddit, uh, I got to tell you, Perry87, longtime friend of the show and listener, um, he says, hi, Riz. He wanted wanted us to tell you hi. Thank you. And then when we said we would, Gerfick came back and said he wanted to tell you, he said potato. Potato. It's potato. I know. We call it potato. It's it's, it's Reddit. What do you expect? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to surprise you with one last question here, buddy, and then we'll let you Uh go. Okay. Um, This is one from Twitter, and I think it's a a pretty good one. From a position of need kind of perspective, right? Um, Right. In terms of highest to lowest priority, take wide receiver, tight end, right guard, edge, linebacker, outside cornerback two, and safety. Um, There's there's a lot of them there, so just kind of put the top right, I'm sorting. order them as best you can. I can see nice. the I can see the dice rolling in the video. All right. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Got an effect here. There's the. He's thinking. He's doing some calculations on the adding machine. Okay. It looks um, like maybe he's come to a conclusion. I will say that the biggest need, and this doesn't mean that it has to be taken with the first pick, right. but the biggest positional the, need. The biggest positional need is still tight end for me. Really? Okay. And I would put edge second, uh, specifically a a stand-up pass rusher. Wide receiver is third. um, And I would entertain that those are like two and two A, two A and two B for me. I'm, 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 I think edge is first just because we need it, but I am terrified of our point scoring ability on offense again. Yes, and absolutely. I just, our wide receivers, we have a huge gap there. For me, again, not that I take them first round, but that wide receiver position is really, really high in the positions in need for me because there's nothing to differentiate us. Really, I love Galladay, right? But there's not, we need somebody that's going to help us differentiate and separate at that position, or we're going to, it's going to shut down. If, if you have no wide receivers, right? And you have no tight ends. Your, your offense is, oh, we're just going to stack the box against the run, and that, and that's what the defense is going to do if there's no threat there. Your tight ends still allow them in a way to stack the box, right? That's why I think wide right. end is a bigger a bigger need because it gives you more flexibility in offense. So I, I, I'm arguing with you in the nice way, nicest way I know how. Thank you for that. Um, so I would then say what's next? Um, I think I would put cornerback there just because I think mm-hmm. – for long-term purposes, sure. Um, not necessarily for 2019, but for 2020, 21, and beyond. I want to. I want another guy who can emerge to be a starting cornerback mm-hmm. to come out of this draft. And I think I, I do think they're going to get one. Uh, see, I don't see the big need at linebacker. I know a lot of people are are ape nuts about that. Jared Davis is going to play a lot. Yep. You need one other guy. Christian Jones isn't awful. That's that's your linebacking core. Yeah. 
Um, and, and Devon Kennard can play there in, in three-man sets when yeah. and because he's going to be a pass rusher. They're going to play two linebackers and only two linebackers at least 70% of the time, if not more. So you don't necessarily – and you have your alpha in Jared Davis. Right. So I, that's not, it's not a – it's just not something that I – I certainly wouldn't take it before the fourth, fifth, sixth round of the sure, draft. Sure. And safety. Um, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm feeling the same way about safety. I feel like we've got guys we've we've grown into that position. I, I don't know that they're proven yet, but what we've seen, I, like, I feel like we're. we're I set like well. Quandary Diggs a lot. I, I'm bullish on Tracy Walker being able to take a step up. I don't think he's going to be as good as Glover Quinn, but I think he can do different things. Sure. I, think, I think I think I trust Matt Patricia to use him properly. Yeah. And I also like the fact that Tavon Wilson is back. He's not very good, but as a third safety, he's fine. And he also knows the defense really well. He's going to be a veteran mentor for those guys. He's good at that. Yeah. He can do that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat okay there. How much are you going to miss Miles Killebrew? <laughs> is he still on the team? I, I, I think he is officially, yeah. just because well, they don't have to cut down numbers yet. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's they can, a they great can looking guy. He is a great looking yeah. guy. He he has a, a if he can and he spoke well actually when I talked to him at training camp last year. He could he could he could he's definitely he could make a, a good go in TV as a model and in yes. TV as a, he's got he's got that Shamar Moore list oh, to him. God, he's gorgeous. He's absolutely yeah, he gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I, I you know I I, I wanted Killebrew to work out, but damn it, it just ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly the he, same. He, he's a guy who's rooting for hard. He's got like he doesn't even have like training camp. He's got like mini camp to prove that he still belongs. Yeah, exactly. All right, Riz. Well, hey man, thanks a lot for making it out and doing the thing again. We're off next week. Are you gonna miss us? A little bit, with, yeah. With every bullet in, in the gun, right? <laughs> I right. am not a good shot, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm a hard target to miss. All right, buddy. We will see you shortly and uh be be well and everyone check us out his great work coming up on Lions Wire. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. Otherwise, hit us up on your aggregator, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Give us those five-star reviews. We love them. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Support independent broadcasters such as us and get access to the pre-show show and the Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast check us out on facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast and follow us on twitter at det lions podcast det lions podcast the very best place to see case living his best life oh god dang right he is give us a call via skype Detroit Lions Podcast. It's one single word. Detroit Lions Podcast or call us in the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com right now, this instant, and subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box automatically. Also, take part in the St. Jude auction and get yourself a shirt, get a dollar donated. We love everybody who does that. Thank you so much. Also, thank you for tuning in, and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember... No pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally, 
That call was 100% wrong. I like the Zach Zenner 